0: Welcome back to Enlightened Relationships. I'm Lindsay K. Porter, and if you missed last week's episode, you will want to take a listen because we talked about the importance of the now moment and the power that comes from living in the present moment, which is truly a gift. This week, we are going to talk about priorities and how we manage them in our family dynamics. So let's dive in. Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless, frustrating cycle of directing, correcting, and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I, who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, Hi, everyone. I am excited to be here with you today. And I want to start off by Thanking you for being patient with me. I ended up doing a recast of a prior episode last week because I was busily working on my relationship communication boost. It was an offering, a free workshop that I was doing, and I was serving many people that signed up for that and really how to navigate the tough conversation. So I will be doing another one of those boosts next month in July, so make sure you tune in for those details. With that being said, I just want to thank you very much for being patient and enjoying last week's episode, because I tell you the emotions that we experience can change our life when we use them as indicators. So hopefully hearing that episode again was um, useful and valuable for you. So This week, we are talking about priorities and how we prioritize the many things in our life for our little family units. So I'm going to start with asking a question. Do you ever find yourself at odds with your spouse or your children or your immediate family members when it comes to what you want versus what they want? Do you ever find yourself in those situations? Do you ever find the tension rising um, between different people in your family relationships because of competing priorities of what's important to each individual person? Well, that was a problem that I had in my relationship and with my families, um, both my immediate family, so with my parents and my siblings, as well as with my in-law family. And this was a dynamic that my husband and I kept running into and just trying to figure out how can we make this work for us? And I learned a tool and I call it the family priority hierarchy. And it has been a blessing in our life, and it really helps keep things crystal clear. So, let me start with when I was first married, um, my husband and I, there was no children, it was just the two of us, and we were enjoying life together. And during that time, we had the uh, um, opportunity to really divide which holidays we were attending with which. Uh, extended family. So we would alternate Thanksgiving and Christmas because those were the two big holidays at the end of the year. And we would alternate which family we would spend it with, and we would swap it back and forth every other year. So one year we would be Thanksgiving with um, his family and Christmas with mine. And then the next year we would switch it, Thanksgiving with my family and Christmas with his. Well, that was great. And it worked for a season because then what ended up happening as time went on, we started to grow a family. And as our kids were little, again, not a problem. So we were able to continue this um, alternating schedule. The problem came when our oldest child started to go to school. And it was, how do we keep the balance of our school schedule and what's required there with what our family holidays are? Because our school schedule only allowed for the Thanksgiving holiday. It only allowed for three days off, but unfortunately it wasn't enough time to make a 12 hour drive to go visit my family. Um, And so My husband and I really had to get clear about how we wanted to navigate some things and what that would look for us because there is this thing called assumed alignments. It is where we don't really talk about it. We think we're on the same page. We think we have the same um, values and same um, belief systems of how and what we should prioritize. And then these moments arise where contention is increasing because we're not on the same page, because we just had these assumed alignments. And this is an invisible dynamic that goes on in a lot of relationships. So check in with yourself right now. How often are assumed alignments rearing their ugly head in your life? And if it is, I encourage you to leverage this tool, the Family Priority Hierarchy. There are so many people wanting so many different things, and it's sometimes hard to please everyone and make everyone happy. And that's why setting these priorities is so extremely important because at the end of the day, your little family nucleus is what is most important. When you decide to marry and you start a relationship with a partner in marriage, and start having family, your own children, and continue to grow in that family nucleus, that is your first and foremost priority. It is you, it is your spouse, and it is your children. And when you can get clear that that is truly the top of your priority, then it makes deciding what you can support and can't support so much more clear now, there are many personalities out there of people pleasers, you know the the type of individual that just wants to make everyone happy and not have anyone disappointed with them. I can speak from my own experience. I was not a people pleaser. Um, I have kind of guided my own ship and you know gone about my life the way I thought was best for me in any given moment um I have a wonderful husband that would resonate with people pleasing. I know he doesn't ever want to disappoint me in our relationship. I know he doesn't want to ever disappoint his extended family on either side. So his side or my side, people he works with, you know, friends. There's so many people in our life that we just want to be able to make happy. And here's the reality of the situation. We can't make anyone else happy. I've said this before, I think it was two episodes ago, but happiness is a choice. It is a choice that we make each and every moment, each and every day. I know for me, sometimes it is a choice I have to make multiple times in a day, depending on what's going on in my family life. But it is a choice and it's nothing that, and I I try to really hard teach my children this as well. Because when they are doing something for me to please me, and they follow up with the question, mom, did that make you happy? I will always turn that question back to them saying, Addison, Aubrey, Jackson, Jason, did you just do that to make me happy? Or did you do that because that was something you wanted to do or wanted to give? And sometimes I get the response, well, I did it to make you happy. And this is where we have this dialogue because when we do things out of trying to please somebody else, that boomerang response ends up being resentment because the hard reality around this is whatever it is that we're doing, the perception perceived by somebody else, it may or may not meet their expectations. It may or may not light them up. Um, Everyone has different love languages, and this plays into this dynamic as well. So it is so important that we are navigating our life for the best and most authentic version of ourself, that that is who we are putting first and foremost, so that we are making the right choices, the right decisions in the right moments. And don't get me wrong, because when we're on that downward spiral and we're thinking the right decision for this moment for me right now is to tell everyone, no, lose my number and don't reach out to me. That's not your best authentic self. Your best authentic self comes from the top part of that upward spiral when your spiritual being and your human body are working together in alignment and you are experiencing love, peace, and joy. So if you are making decisions from that place, then keep at it because you will be influenced for good. And if you're not, and you're on that downward spiral from frustration, overwhelmment, and anger, and you're making decisions from there, remember that number one job is to get yourself up over that neutral set point. So going back to the people-pleasing we get stuck. And and let me speak to those women who are listening right now. We innately have a need to please people. We want to make everyone happy. It is why I, myself included here, um, have many cold meals in my house because I am tending to one of my four children, or I am making sure that my husband is taken care of after a long day, a long day work. Um, my husband is constantly telling me, can you just sit down and have a meal with us? And I'm like, well, Jason needs this or Jackson needs that. And sometimes my kids are done eating before I even get an opportunity to sit down. And it's part of the innateness within us to really make everyone happy. You know, we as women back in the cave men days, right? Way back when we as women would gather together together And that was our safety. It was wanting to make sure that we had this place of belonging and community with the other women that were there. Why men went out and hunt and gathered food, um, um, killed the food and brought it home. Like that was just the way things were. And here we are in this situation now where it's still part of who we are. So sometimes we get stuck in saying yes. And that is why it is so important for it to be clear that we can't make anyone else happy. They have to choose happy for themselves. No matter what it is that we're doing, can some of our actions influence happy? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it is a choice that each one of us make individually, moment to moment. So as there are all these competing things, these competing um, activities and invitations and events, you know, with our family, it's not going to be possible to make everyone happy. It just isn't. And that's okay because that is our place of growth. It is how we get to expand as human beings and all will be well if we end a conversation with someone on the other end, not so happy with us, if we are navigating our life for our highest good on that top upward spiral place. So The tool I want to share with you, um, whatever our values are, our family values, um, our marriage values, whatever that is for you. And if you haven't had a chance to explore this, I would highly encourage that this is a conversation that you have with your spouse because we will prioritize what we value and what we value ends up being what we prioritize. And if our time and attention is being put towards something that really isn't a value, that's where we got to really question what it is that we're doing and how we're spending our time and see where that fits into the big picture of what our family priorities are. So align your priorities with your spouse and create them. You might have individual ones. I know that when my spouse and I, my husband and I had this conversation ourselves, it was great because there were many things that I didn't think of that he did, and it was important. And I wanted a part of our priorities as well. So it is good to have the conversation. The more collaboration, the better, in my opinion. So here's the the different levels of family priority hierarchy. So for myself and my husband, this is what I'm sharing. And you have to get really clear on how you're going to prioritize this for your family. But I'm going to call it our um, zero, level zero, because this is just a given in the way that we um, value and and our belief systems of how we prioritize things in our family. But that level zero is, is God the Father. It is our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Like, That is a core piece in our marriage and in our family dynamics. And it is something that we prioritize in our life. Um, So that's, I'm going to call it a level zero because it's the, one of the um, first and foremost things that we do in our life. And then our level one really is our little family nucleus of our spouse and our children. So as things are going on in our family nucleus that involve those two um, or many players, if you have many children like myself. So for me, if it involved my four children and my spouse, that comes first in how we decide to spend our time. If it's children's sports, piano recitals, dance recitals, um, homework being available to our children so we can be present with them during those after school activities, um, morning breakfast rituals, whatever that looks like, that is our level one spouse, and children. Our level two is our immediate family. That is our parents, our siblings. Um, That is the next level of prioritization that we decided would be best for our family. And then our level three is our extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, Um, great aunts and uncles, friends, work. Like you could even, if you wanted to uh, put your extended family as a level three and as a level four, that could be friends and work. Or if you wanted to alternate that, you absolutely could. This is where you have to explore to see what really works for you in your family unit. But here's the thing. If there is an immediate family function, a niece or nephew's birthday party, a uh, an anniversary, whatever the case may be, and it is competing with your family nucleus, then it might be time to have the conversation around how we're prioritizing our family and what's going to come first. And I'm going to share a little story here because I had this as our family expanded. And I mentioned at the beginning as my oldest daughter went off to school we discovered that her um, Thanksgiving break was two and a half days and it did not allow us the drive time to go alternating our um, extended family visits. So my husband and I started talking about this, like right now, our daughter was in kindergarten, not such a big deal, but we, we have our children in a charter school, which can be a little intense sometimes with the school load. And so missing school days would be a little more challenging for us as age and um, grades increased. And so my husband and I, I remember the conversation as we were putting in uh, working from our family priority hierarchy, but we had the conversation around what do you think we should do? Our daughter needs to be in school and we have this holiday that we've been alternating before, you know, since we've been married and since our kids were little. And now it just isn't going to really fit the mold of, um, being able to do that. And so we decided, um, that that kinder break, that first Thanksgiving break from kindergarten would be our last time of alternating that year. And we had the conversation with my immediate family and with his immediate family, just so they knew where we were at. And the way that that conversation went was not a vote, It was not sharing or asking what their thoughts or opinions were. It was communicating that my husband and I have had the conversation and we know what is best for our family is to stay put for Thanksgiving. And so that means we're not going to be alternating that holiday anymore. And we're going to alternate Christmas. So where we're going to be for Christmas and being able to celebrate that holiday With our immediate family. And it might have ruffled some feathers, it might have been okay. I think both of our families, because it's now been, oh, what has it been, like six years? And we've been operating this way and it's been fine. Everyone understands that this is what the Porter family's doing and accept it because we had shared. We are doing this. This is the decision that we're doing because it's what's best for our family. And we love you and we look forward to the time that we get to be together with you. So now our holidays are with our immediate family just for Christmas. And um, that's how we do it here at the Porter family. So really look at your life, your family dynamics, and what is important to you and how you want to prioritize things. So, your call to action this week is to ponder your priorities and to share them with your partner and work together to create your own family priority hierarchy because that will help you guys both be consistent about what goes first. And when the need arises, and it will, trust me, it will. You will revisit these, maybe to begin with, once a quarter, then every six months, and then annually. I would never go longer than not revisiting them, at least annually. But create them, live your life by those priorities, and then you get to start enjoying what you're creating. I would like to invite you again to join me in my Enlightened Relationships Facebook group, where I can continue to serve you on your path to transform your life and relationships. This life is about progress, not perfection. Awareness is the first step to becoming. Join me next week as we continue to change the lenses through which you see your relationships while becoming Enlightened. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Relationships. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, then please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to help share this message with others.